Hi, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about some deep stuff. I'm here to tell you that you're amazing. And often, the only person who can't see that is you. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you're from, there's greatness in you. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj, life, business, and relationship coach, and welcome to the Transformation Starts Today podcast, where I interview leaders, champions, and high performers from all walks of life as they share their story, the lessons they've learned along the way, and empowering perspectives to help you create an extraordinary life without regret starting today. Today, we're joined by my incredible friend, Natalia Lara. As a certified professional coach and life strategist, she works with individuals and organizations, helping them optimize their biology, their psychology, and their environment so that they can create spectacular health, abundant wealth, and an epic life. Today, Natalia is going to help us explore what it means to be human and to live in a woman's body, to experience the world through the lens of the feminine essence. My hope is that this helps every woman understand herself better and helps every man to better understand and support the women in his life. Natalia, thank you so much for being here with us and welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, what an introduction. No pressure. <laughs> How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, you know, we, we scheduled the call um, for this particular uh, day because, you know, I'm in, in my ovulatory phase of so my internal summer, my personal summer. So that means I am ready to talk and share everything and my energy is the highest it's going to be the whole month. So let's take advantage of it. I love it. And I, I, I love that you shared that as a beginning step, because I think what we're going to talk about today will help people better understand what you mean by that and help them, you know, function better in their own life if they're women or if they're men listening, better be able to support the women in their life. I mean, everybody has a woman in their life, right? Um, even if it's only their mother, right? Like it, it, it really helps. And, you know, when we talk about energy and feminine energy, everybody has also feminine energy right and and of course it's uh, more dramatic or more present or visible in a woman's body but everybody goes through cycles and has access to this feminine energy and feminine intuition that you know we, we can talk about that from two lenses and whatever where, wherever the conversation flows will follow um, but we can talk about what it is to live in a woman's body from the physical, hormonal, physiological perspective, right? Which is um, our menstrual cycle and all of that. But also there's a metaphysical energetic aspect, right? Like to, to having a feminine essence. Most women will have a feminine essence, but some men will also have a feminine essence. We both have masculine and energy, but the core masculine and feminine energies or attributes rather, but there's very few people that have them balanced. So you either have a predominantly female essence or a predominantly male essence. And then that really di dictates how you show up and interact with the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for everyone to hear this as we dive in. And so before we get into that, if you could share with us, you know, for my listeners who don't know you, they haven't heard your story can you share with us a little bit about your story and kind of what brought you to do the work that you're doing now? 
How much time do we have? A day? Two? At least three. <laughs> you know, at least three. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, actually the, the introduction, right, like that that you um, gathered from my website, etc., like it needs a little bit of an update, an update as, you know, like as a feminine being, I flow and, and ebb and flow with the work and the focus that I do. But the reason I am so passionate and mostly exclusively focused on working with with women and actually um, with organizations. I still work with organizations, but we do feminine leadership principles and feminine communication principles and all of that. But the reason I started on this path, right, is I think as most uh, people do, um, I was in pain, right? Like I've had issues my whole life with my appearance and my weight and you know all these impossible standards that we submit uh, women and ourselves to because I think most some of them are definitely self-imposed um so when I when I started doing um studying and, and to become a coach so I had like this very traditional um masculine approach if you will to health and you know I I started to I entered the health and wellness industry or world through CrossFit. <laughs> so you can imagine um, how, you know, how intense that is. And, and it's a very, very um, productivity, always better, harder, stronger um, sport, which I still love, but I don't practice anymore. So I, I entered uh, the world of, let's say, health and wellness through CrossFit and also with the intention or the goal to lose weight right like lose weight be fit and all of that and when I then finished my first certification and started coaching I was like this very traditional or normal nutrition coach that did meal planning and calorie counting and you know like keto paleo all of this um, approaches and very very deep into diet culture and you know funny enough the first few clients that I attracted, actually my first year of coaching, I've been coaching now for seven years. My first year of coaching, I only worked with men, right? Like they wanted to have like this. So I, I was, you know, I called, I used to call myself a biohacker, which is like these people, you know, that intervene and, and do all these things with gadgets and practices and processes to hack their biology. I don't call myself that anymore. Um, but this was like my approach to life, right? Like always be more productive, sleep the least amount that you can rest when you're dead, all of these things. Um, and it worked for me, like it worked for me. And then it worked for my clients too. But as I started to realize, you know, through CrossFit, like my, my, my evolution to this work has always been through the lens or the experience in my physical body. Um, so I, I did CrossFit, loved it, then did obstacle races. You know, I, I used to live in Asia, raced all over the continent with a friend. And then my hormones just, you know, my metabolism was like, no, like this is not, not great for you. So, you know, I was doing all these things and then always had injuries and wasn't losing any weight or anything like that. I still had very, a very, very dogmatic, like all or nothing diet mentality. Like it was all about eating super strict and then having cheat days. I mean, I don't even know who that person is anymore, but uh, yeah. So 
as I started to realize that that wasn't sustainable for me and I started to heal also like I said physical and metaphysical I started also to heal the relationship with my mom with my sisters you know with my friends you know I used to be uh and I'm sure many women relate to this um I used to say oh my god women are so dramatic I just can't have them in my life you know all my best friends were men you know I used to be a tomboy at school and all of this you know and and now like I know now that that was really a coping mechanism or a defense mechanism to not really face you know all all the issues that I had right and as I healed my relationship with women with my mom etc I started to work mostly with men, women that wanted to do the same thing that I was doing I I don't know if this has been your experience with your coaching practice but I I have noticed that my clients tend to be a mirror of the work that I am doing and as I grow and as I evolve then I attract this type of clients the, the, the clients that want to do what I am doing because you know I I don't I don't say oh I'm like I'm done with the work and I am here and you are here right like we are we really learn from our clients as much as we do um we hope to teach them or to share with them so, you know, fast forward to now, I, I work mostly with women. I um, am very, very vocal about the cyclical needs of women and the differences between men and women in terms of, like I said, biology, which are very, very, um, very marked and very distinct. So, for example, people that know me from a few years ago, that I was all about intermittent fasting and keto and you know, carbs are the enemy, etc. I, I did a 14 day water fast, you know, I used to do three day uh, fasts, um, like every other month, things like that. I even did like a two day dry fast, no water, no nothing. Um, and those, you know, techniques and approaches do work, but I was coming or approaching them from this place of I am broken, I need to be fixed, you know, like there's something wrong with me, especially in the physical aspect. So I, I've let that go. And now, you know, I don't fast. I am very, very far removed from, from diet culture, even though it's very internalized. So that's why I say I am doing the work with my clients right there with them, you know, so it's, um, it's, uh, that's, that's why I am so, so motivated and so inspired to work with this particular, um, lens of the feminine biology and the feminine energy, because it has changed my life. You know, like I have, I am nowhere, you know, where, where I want to be in terms of, of appearance, let's say I have goals, et cetera, by a, but I approach them from a very different, different um, lens. And I am definitely like at peace and content where I am. And this is a much more pleasant, joyful way of walking the path, right? Like of achieving your goals. So um, yeah, that's yeah. in a very long nutshell. <laughs> why, why I'm doing the work. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And you know, something that came to mind, there's a quote that I love, which is the master has mastered the art of being a student forever. And there's an expression, we often give the advice we most need to hear. I always say we teach best what we most need to learn. And that is definitely true for me, yeah. Yeah, and so when you, when you asked earlier, I've definitely found in my experience, you know, at times I'll ask a client a question 
or something will just kind of come to me that it occurs to me that will really help them and I'll share it. And then it really landed for them. And then after the session, I sit with that and I say, oh, wow, that's exactly what I need right now. <laughs> and, you know, it happens all the time. And like, you know, we're all learning from each other, like you said. And so as we dive into our conversation for you, what does it mean to be human and live in a woman's body? That's something you said earlier. So what it means to live, I mean, to be human is really, you know, a lot of people in our community or in, you know, the, the industry say, oh, you know, we are spiritual beings. And yes, we are undoubtedly spiritual beings, but we are having a human experience. So it's important to remember that we are here, right? Like materially on the earth, you know, and we have a body and we have needs and desires, etc. Physiologically, um, I believe the body is the vehicle to, you know, to our realization and to do whatever it is that our spirit needs to do. So it's very important that we take care of the body, right? In a joyous, joyful way, which is, you know, like the, the feminine energy or the feminine approach to taking care of the body is pleasure centered, right? And, and when people say pleasure or, or we mention pleasure, they always think about sex, which of course is a big part of that. But pleasure goes way beyond that. And it's not always necessarily sexy or comfortable. But when, when what do you think when I say pleasure centered to have a pleasure centered life? What does that mean to you? And then we can go from there. Mm. So I, I think that, like you said, there's like the sexual side seems to be the first thing that pops into my mind. And then outside of that, it's a life that you feel good about a life that actually leads you to this sense of flow, the sense of freedom. Hmm. Yes. And um, there is, it's a lot simpler than that. Right. So, and we're actually recording this in Taurus season for the astrological um minded people so taurus is the sign of the body as well so there's actually not a coincidence that it's not a coincidence that we're recording this mm -hmm. during this season so taurus is the sign of the bodies and earth sign and it's the sign of the simple pleasures right and simple pleasures can be something as simple as feeling the sun on your skin right like feeling the the wind like you know move your hair obviously chewing and tasting something delicious right like getting a hug from somebody, um, taking a walk, right? Like all of those are, are pleasure-centered activities, right? So basically pleasure from a feminine approach is to remember that we are nature, right? Like, and live according to the cycles of nature. So if we compare how most people leave or even you know how we grow food how we approach work all of that is this desire or this obsession almost to always be on right like it's on and let's do more and you know be more productive and how do we do more etc and we you know kill the soils because we are growing food year round nothing in nature grows year round right like nothing in nature maybe the sun but it, he, he also rests, right? Like every, every night, although he reflects on the moon, but nothing in nature has a, an always on cycle, right? So what has happened to us, you know, humans, when trying to live in this always on mentality or mode, and then always wanting more and doing more, 
we burn out, right? Like we burn out because rest is so important. If we take the, the exercise analogy, for example, you don't build muscle at the gym, like you destroy muscle at the gym and then you build it and regenerate it while you sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Most of my creative ideas, you know, come to me at rest, right? Like not when I am frantically trying to do things, right? It's when I am really doing nothing or resting or contemplating that the ideas come, right? So if we start to see life as cyclical, right? Like as we, and the menstrual cycle, we'll get, get into the hormonal sort of like lens on this, but it's very easy to see the equivalent with the seasons. So summer, spring, fall, and winter with the phases of the moon as well, right? Like a feminine, a feminine life could be um, also, for example, for women that don't bleed anymore or haven't bled yet, living according to the moon is a good way of, you know, staying in touch with the feminine cyclical nature of life. And, you know, the moon is nothing mystical or esoteric, right? Like for many, many years, eons, our farmers still probably do, you know, the more traditional ones, they use the moon to know when to plant, when to harvest, when to prune, etc. right? Like, so we have this, this um, seasons in nature that mirror the female physiology they mirror our cycles so when we start to remember that we are nature that we are not separated from nature that we we live according to nature's rhythms then life becomes a lot more natural right and that and that is what what the wild woman archetype is about right like a lot of people, and I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about polarity, maybe we can also talk about that later. A lot of people think about the feminine like this, you know, chaotic and um, emotional being, which of course, it's true, like nature, you know, nature is not only beautiful sunrises and rainbows and um, rivers, etc. It's also tsunamis, right? Like death is nature as well, destruction, right? Like, so that the feminine has we have so much power because yes, we can create life, but we also have the power to destroy, right? And we do it every month when we bleed and we choose not to procreate, not to reproduce, we are killing, right? Like we are destroying the possibility of life. So with that comes great responsibility, right? With great power comes great responsibility. And um, we have infantilized the feminine, right? Like in this, oh, the feminine is childish and emotional and uh, demanding and hysterical. And that is that is an, a face of the feminine, of course, but it's um, the childish feminine, like the, the maiden, let's say, if we talk um, about archetypes. And what um, is important to know is that when we have been separated, let's say like me, uh, when I was living in this very masculine focused um, world and you know my approach to things was masculine, I did need to go through that stage of being like the immature feminine because otherwise I don't know how that feels like. Like it's a, like any development, like any growth process is incremental, it's developmental. So I had to really, 
leave that immature, you know, if I'm angry, I scream. If I am happy, you know, I will weep and all of these things that make so many people uncomfortable, right? Because it's, it's, uh, it's please sweep it under the rug and just be, you know, proper. Um, we have to go through that to transcend it first, right? Like, and then comes, you know, this like neutral sort of like uh, phase where you have this, this access to the feminine energy, but also you're integrating and marrying with your masculine energy. And then you mature and eventually you are, you know, the, the mature feminine, the mother, right? It, it doesn't mean that you have children. It's just that you are this mature feminine. Then you have access to all those emotions, right? But instead of choosing to scream and kill or, you know, all of these things because you feel like it or because you need to, to take it out, you always ask yourself, is this what the moment needs right now, right? Like you, instead of putting your needs and yourself first, right? Like your emotions and all that you need to do and you know what your needs are, your needs are framed within the needs of the collective, right? Like of the world, of the relationship, of the company, of, and this is the mature mother archetype and the mature feminine right that is the archetype that is the energy that will save the world not immature women right like um because that's that's not it's 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 a side of the same coin with the masculine right like and, and we have talked about um there is toxic masculinity but there is healthy masculinity too and there is toxic femininity we're not going to get in the in the feminist and feminism conversation because that that would take us hours but yeah so that that is the the mother archetype and the energy you know this integrated uh, feminine mature energy that is what I believe will heal the world and that starts with us reclaiming our physiology right like we can't really um talk about feminine energetics and feminine energy and all these abstract concepts if we don't land them in the body yeah. right like so whenever I do um let's say people that I don't know like any any coaching program etc or you know if somebody asks me something I will always start with the body because any spiritual process that doesn't consider um the vehicle the vessel you know Clarissa Pinkola Estes which is I think the patron woman of old of all uh wild women you know she calls the body the consort so if we don't take care of the consort then we won't be able to really do anything in this material plane which is where we are now so it it um the feminine so we have it's, it's always helpful to compare the male physiology with the female physiology to understand why this, you know, paradigm that we live in does not work for us. So a, for us women, the male hormone cycle resets every 24 hours. Like, so you guys go, let's say to, through your personal uh, winter, spring, fall, summer in the space of 24 hours, right? Like, so actually predictability and structure and routine every day to the same thing really works for you you know it's 
it's great because you know exactly how, how your hormone cycle is going to look like for us, you know, that reset happens anywhere. Let's, let's take 28 days for simplicity, simplicity's sake, but a healthy um, woman's cycle can be from anywhere from 24 days to 35 days. So in, in reproductive age, women will bleed between 10 and 14 um, times a year. So that reset that happens for you every 24 hours happens for us every 28 days to, to you know, to take the average. Um, so that means that we have every single day different needs in terms of nutrition, in terms of rest, in terms of, you know, interests, moods, abilities, all of these things, depending on the hormone cocktail that we have going on in our bodies so it's very unnatural for for a woman to do the same thing every day to eat the same thing every day you know to have like the same calories every day um to have you know the same meeting every week at the same time all of these things and that actually has been has been made worse with the birth control pill Right, which has totally disconnected us from from our period. So, um, do you have any questions till now? Because I've gone from you know, like in true feminine form, I've gone through like so many topics in a short time. Right. So, uh, I'll, I definitely have a, a a point I want to share, and then some questions for sure. Um, one thing that you talked about about the mature that the, the mature feminine essence, like the mother archetype, and it would apply, you know, let's say for a male as well, like the father archetype. But it's like there's a quality to your presence that when someone's around you, they experience you in a certain way. But that's the that's that's because of a whole lifetime of experiences that you've had and developments that you've gone through. And so it definitely makes sense that the experiences that you had up until this point, that when you said you were in your like go, 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 more, more masculine, dominant, but now that you're in your more feminine side and you've been there, you know the difference and you can help others along their journey, which is really cool. One thing that- yes, I would say I am definitely not embodying fully my mother archetype, not because I haven't had children, because there are mothers you know, that will never in this lifetime uh, embody the archetypal figure of the mother, right? Um, and there are women that are unmarried and have no kids that will have you know, this mother archetype. So the mother archetype, um, there are many, let's say, like approaches to, to archetypes, but I'm, I'm using just two, like to simplify maiden and mother. You know, there is the crone and there are the other archetypes, such as doctress and the hunter and the healer and the medicine woman and all of that. But to talk about the incremental um, or the developmental approach of the feminine, it's, it's very easy to use maiden and mother. Because I, for example, let's say I, I can have a mother archetype in my profession, let's say, you know, because women, what, whatever we birth, right? Like we, we don't necessarily have to mother children to become mothers, right? Like we can birth projects, we can birth um, partnerships, alliances, products, all of these things, you know, that goes through, through a birthing process. And then there, there are also cycles, right? Like, so a lot of people to go back to the physiology say, um, I will give you an example with my exercise. So I am very, very athletic. I love 
um, exercising, moving my body every day. But there are 10 days in the month that in, let's say, under the lens of traditional exercise, I don't do anything. No, because it also it's it's also fair to point out that this will vary depending on the priorities and context of each woman, right? Like for example, for me, um, now that I am 36 and I do want children uh, sometime soon-ish, right? Like so, my priority is to protect my fertility for as long as possible, so that if and when I want to have children, I can do it naturally and I don't have to do, you know, any, any interventions. So my priorities, if my fertility is my number one um, priority, will be how my life looks like will be very different from a female athlete, for example, right? Or even for, for a woman that has already entered menopause and things like that. So it's very important to, to know that this is a very nuanced topic. And of course, you know, when we talk about, about physiology and biology, everybody is different, you know, and our, our um, genes do play a role. Our, our ancestry and our whole lifestyle, of course, um, has an impact. But most of the things um, in regards to female physiology are universal for, for mm -hmm. most women. Yeah. So as it relates then to women's health, menstrual cycles, things that you're alluding to, what have you found to be most important to people that maybe they don't know, things that are commonly overlooked? So the first thing that people overlook is what I just mentioned about our biology being really cyclical, right? Like, so again, like if you look at nature on, um, in spring, it's a very different energy than in winter. Right. And it's the same earth. Like you can go through a place and it can look completely desolate and barren and dark. And then you go through that place three months later or two months later, and it's green and luscious and all of this. So that is basically what happens to us every month. Right. So uh, the follicular phase, which is uh, the beginning. So we have the, the menstrual phase, which starts the cycle. So when you start to bleed, it's day one of your cycle. So that is basically our personal winter, right? And that is when hormones are at the lowest. So that would be the, the time and place where we are most like men hormonally. So for example, if you look at it from, and this there's like a little bit of controversy and this is where personal priorities and, and preferences uh, play a role. So, when we are in our in our menstrual phase in our personal winter it's a great place for introspection because our our hemispheres our brain hemispheres are balanced right and we like i said our hormones are, are the lowest the sexual hormones are the, the lowest so it's a great time for introspection similar to winter right like you go inwards and you um, reflect and plan, right? Like for, for the next year, for the next cycle. But also because hormones are at the lowest, it's a great time for some people, if they're athletes, for some women, if they're athletes, you know, they will do best, let's say on endurance sports during their menstrual cycle. Even though energetically it's a time for rest, it depends on, on priorities, etc. I, for example, don't really do anything other than walking um, and eating and napping during my menstrual cycle. But I always tell my friends 
when it's like day three of my cycle, it's like, okay, I already feel like the, the Phoenix, you know, I'm already sort of like emerging, you know, I call it emerging from the cocoon and then it spring comes, right. And then spring is this, this follicular phase where you are wanting to go outwards, right. Like you want to be seen and you're communicative and you're creative, you know, it's a great time to start something new, new habits, right. Like the personal, the personal spring is a great time to try new things, to go traveling, to be in community with other people, to birth new projects, etc. That is the follicular phase. And it's also for the athletes that are listening to this, you know, and I, I taught this to my personal trainer. So he has now a distinct advantage. Um, so in this, in this phase where estrogen is the highest, um, estrogen is a protective hormone. So it's the best time for us to build muscle. It's, it's, it's the time to do really, you know, like hypertrophy training to go hard in the gym because we have the energy and our tissues are more resilient. Mm -hmm. um, so after spring comes summer, and this is, you know, every woman that is in tune with their cycle will say, oh my God, I wish I, I wish ovulation would last, you know, 28 days and then luteal phase would last two days. So ovulation, you know, is the summer, is this where you'll see women, you know, like, strutting down the street right because biologically we are um looking to procreate right like you know mentally intellectually we may not be looking for that but our bodies are looking for that so you'll notice that um you'll you're you feel more attractive during that phase right like you have this glow because your body is saying like hey look at me you know like i am fertile and i'm ready to have a baby so it's also very attractive for men, right? Like whether they are aware or not um, to see a woman in their, in their, in her ovulatory phase, because, you know, it means, okay, I can procreate, I can spread my seed, right? So it's this excellent phase to have conversations, to ask for races at work, to have difficult conversations because our confidence is really high. And it's the place in the month to do high intensity interval training. You know, it's actually the only phase where it will have this really um, positive effect where this stress will, for example, if women are in a, in a plateau, in that phase to do high intensity interval training or things, you know, to challenge the system, to do ice baths, things like that will be very beneficial. And then after summer comes the luteal phase, the fall, which is 10 to 14 days and it has two phases. So um, this is the place where women, you know, like in the fall, you start to the energy starts to lower and it's a great time to like organize, do attention, attention to detail work. For me, for example, it's not, a, it's not a time where I feel super social. So I try to do all the stuff that doesn't require me to interact with other people. Um, so it's uh, but it's a great time to like get things done, you know, get things done. And then from the exercise perspective, you can do Pilates, yoga to build strength or like to relax, depending on, you know, the energy levels, etc. And then comes the winter again and we start all over again. Something that I didn't mention, which is also which women may not be aware of because of this diet culture, is that um, it's really 
not helpful for us to eat the same number of calories every day throughout the month. So again, if we look at your hormone cycle, which is 24 hours, great. You know, like you can, I, I think you do intermittent fasting or sort of like a short, a restricted eating window. That is really beneficial for men, mm, especially if you skip breakfast because mm, then you have more energy and you do like your deep work in the morning and then you are social uh, in the afternoon, things like that. That is great for men. But for us, actually, what we should do or, you know, in theory, what we do, I mean, it happens to me um, now much more than before because I'm much more in tune with what my body needs and my cravings and all of that, uh, that if I look at my month from through the, through the hormonal lens, I will see that it looks like a day, you know, for a man. So for example, in the spring, the follicular phase, my appetite is really low. You know, I don't really need to eat much, you know, like I want like fresh, like spring, you know, I want fresh things. Like I don't really love raw foods, you know, but that will be the time of the month where I'll crave like, oh, I don't know, sashimi or a salad or like raw carrots, things like that. Or I want to have like smoothies for breakfast. Um, and my appetite is really low. And then during the luteal phase, the second half of the cycle, which my body is, you know, building the uterine lining where theoretically the baby would be hosted, you know, if I were to, to get pregnant, the body builds that every single month and every single month it sheds it. Uh, so it's a very intense process that actually increases our caloric requirement by up to 30%. Right. So it makes me really mad. And this is something that I realized just when a friend told me something over the phone that she was in this luteal phase and she said, oh, my God, I'm out of control. I can't stop eating. You know, why am I so hungry? Right? And I said, why is it that when women are hungry and we want food, we're out of control? Why is it um, normal to have low appetite like, you know, in the follicular phase um, and it's not normal to have hunger? Right, like on during the luteal phase, you know, I eat like 1.5 times more during my during my luteal phase. You know, I crave like really hearty meals, like meats and stews and carbs and things like that, because my body needs the calories more. And if you were to look at the month, you know, you will see that the calories actually even out if you really listen to your body every day, mm. right, and not follow this oh, I have to eat because it's breakfast time and I have to eat because it's uh, noon or things like that. So that is something that most people don't really realize or know because we're so deep in diet culture and like tracking and controlling. And then if you add to that the birth control pill, that totally disconnects us from the cycle. You know, people that are on the pill, mm, women that are on the pill um, don't ovulate. So it's an, an anovulatory period. So you don't really know, you don't really feel your, your changes, right? Like it is, it is nor normal that you, your libido changes, your energy changes, your, the, your appetite for life, you know, the things that you want to do, they change throughout the month. And we have sort of like numbed that. So that is the first step in reclaiming the feminine energy and the feminine essence is to really reclaim it in the physiology, right? And really know that, um, for us, you know, stress does not affect us the same way as you do. There's something, I don't know if you know, there's something that is called 
the female athlete triad, which is women that lose their, when they're, you know, high performance athletes, you know, they lose their periods, they start losing their hair, and then they have a very low percentage of body fat. And that is, you know, the example of what happens when we are um, subject to high levels of stress, because reproduction for a woman is not um, vital, right? Like, if you if you get pregnant when you are under when you're undernourished you know underslept and your body's like in this chronic chronic stressed out mode you can die right like so the body will say no let's shut this down because if this woman uh, gets pregnant you know we don't know if she's going to survive and the body's main you know what the body has one job, right? Like to keep you alive. So that is why women that are like under a lot of stress, they will lose their period. And then they start losing their hair because hair is also not vital, right? Like the body will pull nutrients from wherever it can to keep a woman or a person alive for as long as possible, right? So this is why it starts with the physiology, you know, before we can go to the, to the, psychology which is all these beliefs and energetic living and all of this and then we we start to cure our environment right yeah yeah I remember the first time you know you and I discussed this topic even with the medical background that I have so much of what you said was just fascinating and it it, it puts me in the space I'm sure any guys who are listening right now it's like wow we are very simple creatures compared to you <laughs> and there's so much you know going on that it's, I, th I think it's really helpful for any woman, woman who's listening to say, wow, maybe I'm putting all this pressure on myself that I have to live and feel and be a certain way. But like you said, if that is based in more of like a masculine type of culture, or that's based on some expectations they have around them, what you're saying might have them look introspect and say, wow, maybe what my body's telling me is right. Maybe what I'm feeling, these fluctuations is normal. And that is something that I have, have had to integrate myself. So my body right now is the picture of health, you know, like I have a glorious period. You can see my hair, you know, like it's my eyelashes, my skin, my mood, my energy levels, my libido. Like I have a very vibrant body, you know, I have no health issues. And um, let's say according to conventional standards I am or even if we use the BMI right like I am obese definitely overweight you know and I um, wouldn't definitely fit the traditional beauty paradigm right and for many years um, I felt bad about it you know I felt broken broken about it it has been like this journey of really understanding and letting the body lead as opposed to these idea that I have of what my body or actually it wasn't even my idea right it was something that my parents and my culture sort of like you know indoctrinated me into that I needed to so it's it's really also another reason why I do this work is because it it keeps me I need it too you know it's it's a constant reminder and a constant practice or recommitment right like with letting my body lead with caring for my body as opposed to forcing it to do something, you know, and um, I haven't weighed myself in, I don't know how many months, you know, I don't, I don't weigh or track my food at all. Um, but I know that my body is, is functioning correctly. Because for example, if I am, if I decide to like lay down on the couch, let's say for the whole day, which I have been 
known to do no not often but i have done it my body will not ask me for food right my body will not ask me for like for food or for nourishment because it's not needing a lot but in the days that i am super active you know i have a dog we walk like two hours a day and then i do like a 90 minute yoga class and then i do a one hour strength training session my body will ask me for food like it will be hungry right and if you look at most people um and, and the people listening, you know, can, can start to notice, usually when people that are on the couch or like watching TV or something, they'll mindlessly eat, right? Like they're just eat because they're bored or they're trying to, you know, I don't know, they're distracted. So you eat a lot. And then when you are, you're in a day where you're like super active and busy and all of these things, like, oh my God, I forgot to eat. I barely eat because they run on adrenaline, right? So that is a clear disconnect from like, hormonally right like the body is not really giving you the right signals you know for the fuel that you need and i have i have quite a few clients you know that they um they were doing keto so i i work with with women now that let's say oh i was on the pill for 15 years and now i can't get my period back or you know i've been i've, I've taken fat burners or so-and-so and you know i haven't gotten my period in a year but now i want to get pregnant things like that right and then it starts by letting the body lead and then there's all these fears and things that are that are taught to us that we're afraid to lose control right we're afraid to lose control and fortunately or unfortunately that needs to happen so that you know how it feels. So I always, and I think I've mentioned this metaphor to you of the pendulum swing, right? Like in order for us to really find our middle way, our sweet spot, which will look different for every woman and every person, we have to go to the extremes, right? And then you are in this extreme of like real deprivation and control and tracking. And then, you know, when you let go of that, you don't know how to listen so you go through this to this other extreme of total abandonment and then you know a few times the pendulum will swing and then you land right where you need to to be mm. yeah yeah so for women who are listening who maybe are experiencing health challenges right now you know to any degree that they are in your experience where's a great place for them to start a great well, a great place to start getting their health back in track so I can recommend some books from like energetic, energetic work and also physio physiological work. Mm, I, can I can tell you the list, but for any woman who is listening now, please stop fasting. <laughs> please stop fasting, you know, 15 to 18. Okay, no, I should, I sh I'm going to rephrase. If you feel that your life is perfect and you're thriving and you are you know like no I wouldn't change a thing don't stop fasting right but if there's something like you said you know the women that have health challenges and you know they have they have a period every month for example but uh it's it's a week of the month that they're like out of commission you know or women I was talking to a woman yesterday and she was like oh my god you know like I become another person when like a week before my period nobody can talk to me I know because I was I was like that too and you know and then it hurts so much and my boobs my, my breasts are super tender and I you know have cravings for junk food and all of these things then I would say 
you know, take a step back, stop fasting, you know, stop forcing, forcing you to do things that, you know, your body is always talking, right? Your, your body's always talking. So the first thing, stop fasting, you know, leave. If you want to have, and this is me, you know, if I, if I knew it worked for me, I would eat like, let's say I would leave 15 to, to 18 hours between meals, but I, I don't do it anymore. Let's say if you say, oh my God, I can't eat all day, leave 12 hours, right? Between dinner and the la the first meal of the first time. Um, I would definitely suggest to cycle the exercise, right? Like um, based on what I said, there's a great book um, that you can um, read. It's called In the Flow by Alisa Vitti, which has like... Um, it has the word biohacking in it, but it's fine. I mean, whatever serves the purpose. So she has like these really cool overviews or guides of the different different cycles. And it says, you know, what is recommended to do during follicular phase or spring in terms of exercise, work activities, even like sex with your partner um, or activities to try during that phase. So it's pretty cool to um, to sort of like see see that overview because then you can see clearly the differences between the cycles, you know, and after, I think at the beginning, it will, it will feel a little bit unnatural because we're not used to it and you'll have to, Oh my God, it's spring. What do I have to do? Oh, it's spring. What do I have to eat? Right? But as you practice, it becomes second nature, pun intended. You know, your body will, you, your body will tell you, you know, it, I know exactly when, so when, before I get my period, I know two days before, and I hope this is not TMI, my digestion changes, you know, my, my digestion changes. Uh, when I'm entering the luteal phase, I see my skin change as well. So it's, um, it's really beautiful, you know, to, to see the changes and accept, accept them, you know, and know that it happens, right? Like there, there are um, studies that prove, right, that we can gain up to 10 pounds. That's like, almost five kilos of water weight between our follicular phase and our luteal phase, just because of what the body is going through. You're not getting fat or anything, you know, no, but the body does change. And the sooner we normalize that, you know, I'm not even asking men to normalize it, you know, the sooner we normalize it for ourselves, right? And we don't um, hate on ourselves because our bodies change, because our mood changes, because our libido changes, because our skin, skin hair, etc., changes. Then the sooner we will begin to appreciate the beauty of each phase, yeah. same as we do the beauty in each season. Spring is beautiful, fall is gorgeous, winter is amazing, and summer, well, I mean, it's my favorite, but yeah, so every season has their beauty and their magic and their purpose in life, right? So if we are able to see that in ourselves, then life will be a lot more joyful. Yeah. Something that came to mind at the start of our conversation, you mentioned that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And with that in mind, as a perspective, as a possibility, as a spiritual being having a human experience, you know, we have a body and our bodies are not a statue. It, our bodies don't stay the same. And when we have this rigidity in our mindset, in our perspective, that our body is supposed to look a certain way, feel a certain way, you know, be capable of certain actions, let's say performance wise, all the time, the exact same output, 
you're always, you're setting yourself up for failure and disappointment because it's not how it works. But like Natalia is saying, when you can just fall in love with your body's rhythm, your body's processes, when you don't make it bad or wrong and you allow it to do what it's doing, you know, you, you find that beauty in the, the ebb and flow, in the, in the highs and the lows. And your experience, I'd imagine, is just so much better. And, you know, the, the thing is something that is really important and I always say is we need to protect the right to change our minds, mm. right? So there, is, there are things, um, this applies to everybody, for, for men too, there are things that will work for you until they don't anymore right so it's really important in terms of like diet and exercise and you know what foods you like and fasting and all these things like to be able to allow ourselves to change our minds and to say whoops that didn't work for me I changed right like it's there's so much um dogma and ego-driven um like ego traps in this in this community or in this industry that um and you see it in the instagram handles of people the other day i was talking to somebody about this it's like you become a carnivore or vegan or polarity teacher or your diagnosis or whatever you know and then when that becomes your identity right then it's very difficult to let it go when you realize it's not working for you, right? So that's why I told you at the beginning, you know, what it means to be human is to really allow for all of that. You know, we have the full spectrum of emotions. We have the full spectrum of, you know, faces and we're all gonna wrinkle. We're all gonna, you know, our bodies are going to change, right? And, And as we change and as we, because we don't even have to wait to like grow old to have different needs, right? Like if you are super stressed, in, in a week, your needs will be different, right? And you may not be able to fast for 18 hours, right? And your body's like screaming for food and you're like downing another bulletproof coffee because, oh my God, you're fasting and God forbid you fast for only um, 12 hours or 15 hours as opposed to the 18 that you do every day, right? So that is also the feminine approach to allow, you know, the needs that arise in the moment to be met, right? Yeah, something that you you alluded to at the beginning of our conversation about feminine energy. For anyone who's not familiar, what do you find to be the main differences between masculine and feminine energy? Okay, so the masculine is linear, assertive, right? Like goal-oriented. So the, the masculine's main purpose is masculine priority the masculine priority is purpose direction right it's like okay this is who i am and this is where i'm going you know the masculine is unwavering right like it's this steadiness and groundedness and in the polarity uh, language you'll say you'll hear masculine is emptiness or consciousness right like it's this basically masculine is that um that never changes right like it's 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 um consciousness emptiness and then the feminine is let's say the masculine if the masculine is linear the feminine is fluid right like circular um the feminine is form and the masculine is formless so the feminine is intuitive emotional like i said cyclical right and the feminine is like a dance right and let's say if we are talking in 
the masculine will be the container that contains the feminine, right? And before uh, people get all worked up, this has nothing to do with gender, has nothing to do with men being masculine and women being feminine. Um, we all have masculine and feminine attributes and feminine and masculine energy, and we will ebb and flow, you know, we will flow between the two. And when there's two people, let's say in a relationship, be it romantic or work or professional or whatever, we will also um, flow between the energies. So for example, I am 100% feminine um, essence. That is my core. But when I'm coaching, I am holding the container. So I am definitely masculine in that, right? Like I am the one leading. I am the one sort of like guiding and directing the, the conversation. And I love that, right? Like, so people get sort of like um, confused or stuck in, oh, if I'm a woman or if I'm a feminine essence person, then I can't have masculine qualities. And that is the opposite of what we need to do, right? Like, so there's something called the inner marriage or the sacred union of these energies. And that is actually... Um, the objective or what we strive for um without force not striving like forcefully but that is you know what what we work towards what we practice you know to be able to have access to both energies depending on what the moment needs right so it's the a lot of people stay in the oh i am a feminine person or i am a woman and then they reject the masculine right whether it's inside themselves or outside like if I reject it inside myself then it will be you know I spent my day sort of like dancing and following my emotions and you know in the ocean and in nature but then I do nothing with my life right and uh and if I reject it outside then it's you know I reject the institutions the schedules the organization things like that and you know I always say the masculine and the feminine are inseparable. You can't separate them. You can't have one without the other because, and if we talk about a female, uh, a male essence being, right? The masculine is nothing, nothing. So even the most pure form of a masculine being will need the feminine energy to create something because without the feminine, they can't do anything. And, you know, and this is usually, you know, the muse of the artist or things like that. You know, like in, in, in Tantra, they talk about Shiva and Shakti, these fundamental principles, right? They need each other. I, I, there's, it sounds dramatic, but, you know, it's easy to understand when you say without the feminine, the masculine is nothing. And without the masculine, the feminine is chaos. And that it's not men and women. It's the, we need both energies, you know, and, and once we integrate them, the duality then we transcend it right mm -hmm. and we have access to both things yeah your question I, absolutely i appreciate you breaking it down for everyone something to share you know in my experience with my clients and just my own studies for example one of my clients she's just a superstar like in the business world and at her core she's feminine in her nature but given the status of like business owner entrepreneur ceo She's like, you know, kick ass, take names. She's in her masculine energy most of the day because that's what is required for her to be successful in this business that she's in. But when she comes home, her husband's core essence is masculine. 
And so when she comes home, if she's still in boss mode, if she's still in work mode, now you've got two masculine energies near each other. And think of it like a magnet, a magnet yeah, has a positive and a negative pole. Yeah. So for everyone listening, if you take a negative side of the magnet and a positive, put them near each other, they get sucked together. They attract. That would be a, po- a masculine feminine essence. Let's say coming together. Like Natalia said earlier, if a woman's in that ovulatory phase and she's just radiating that feminine essence, a man in his masculine, even a woman in her masculine, I imagine, would be attracted to that, just like the magnets would be. Yeah. But if- and that is a great point that you make. So um, I also love, you know, being a kick-ass at work. You know, I love what I do and I'm super organized and super controlling on all of this. But when I, it's, it requires intention to make the transition because if I'm not mindful about it, I'll, I'll go home and then say in my masculine and then it's a disaster. And the thing is um, that, for example, and this happened to me in my earlier relationships because I was so in my masculine, so in my, you know, I thought, you know, that I craved a feminine essence partner right and then I would I would be with a with a partner you know that needed my direction that needed my you know my containment and of course it felt great at the beginning because that is what I was missing and then you know a few weeks or months into the relationship I felt totally unfulfilled right and I didn't understand why it was because my core needs were not being met right so if you're a really strong woman because this was hard for me to accept you know when I started doing this work it's like oh you know but I don't need any man I don't need anybody and I do you know I and it's not oh my god I need it because I am needy it's just like it's and it doesn't complete me but it enriches my life right you know and it makes my feminine better right same as my my femininity and my feminine energy makes his masculine um better too yeah right so but but to your point this is a practice and it requires work you know intention right especially for for women um and again this doesn't mean that the masculine partner in the relationship needs to always lead or never be vulnerable or never share their feelings right like i said it's a dance right but it requires you know when i have like this long day and i, I will feel it you know when i have in my voice in like the the tightness of my body so when i have a long day and, and i i want to connect with somebody from my essence from my feminine you know it, it helps to either take a walk in nature or dance you know one song and then I go back into my body or I take a shower to like literally you know rinse it off like the tension so it's um it's not automatic right like it's it's not automatic it's um it, it requires some work but it's it's beautiful work to do in my opinion yeah yeah and you know because for to add to that, you know, for the people listening, I was mentioning that client of mine, if, if your essence, let's say I'm speaking to a woman, if, if your essence is feminine in nature, but given the work that you do, given what's required of you, you call upon your masculine energy and you do that consistently, you're strengthening and strengthening that masculine essence, which is going to create results for you. And that's wonderful. And then if you're with a partner, male or female, and that partner has masculine energy at their core and your feminine energy at your core, notice that's what brought you together. That's what was attractive about the other person. But now if you're stepped into that masculine energy and like Natalia said, you don't take that time to transition back to your feminine, 
you're going to butt heads. It's going to be like two people. And the thing is, it will repel your partner or your potential partner, right? Um, and this is, you know, it's a challenge for women. You know, I will include myself in that um, because it requires then to explain, right? If somebody's not familiar with polarity, what it is, you know, and why um, at work I'm away, like a certain way, and then I want to be led or, you know, sustained and held in a different way in, and again, you know, there's another thing and this is, it happens, you know, it, it has, it comes up <laughs> in every conversation that I have with a strong woman, right. That they say, oh, but my partner or my boyfriend or my friend or my dad, whoever, my brother, you know, they're not stepping up, you know, I have to do everything. Right. And I say, okay, so when they take initiative, what do you say? Right. And it's, it's a super simple example yeah. of, you know, the, the, the man will say, or the masculine um, partner will say, oh, babe, where do you want to go for dinner? And you say, oh, you choose. And they say, oh, sushi. Oh, no, sushi. No, no, everything but sushi. Let's, and then he <laughs> said, okay, okay, fine. How about we go for some steak? Oh, meat again? Oh, no. Can we? So he goes, okay, what do you want? Right? So is this, like, they have this sense, oh, but I let him make decisions and he never makes them, right? But it's not true. Because we're so used to being in control that it's very dif difficult to allow, right? And, and the thing is, this is why we feel unfulfilled in relationships, because at our core, you know, we want to be led, you know, we want to be told what to do. And I know a lot of women are going to cringe when I say this, right? We want what we want the most in our partner, in our masculine partner, if we're a feminine um, essence being, is to be able to trust them so that we can let go and surrender to the moment, right? It doesn't mean that they tell us what to do. It's that we, we trust them, you know, that they're leading us or leading our life together, our relationship in the, in the right direction, you know? And for a woman that has had to be self-reliant independent it's very challenging you know and i speak from from experience but when you accept you know that that is truly what you want and what you desire and will make you the most fulfilled then it's it feels delicious yeah it yeah feels and from the from the polarity perspective for the, everyone listening and we talked about this a little bit before there are some women that are listening that are at their core masculine dominant probably most women that are listening at their core are feminine dominant. And then the opposite is true as well. There are men that at their core are feminine dominant. And there are men that most men at their core that are more masculine dominant. But just because something is your core doesn't mean that's where you live most of the time, because that depending on what your life is like, you might and not be like a mismatch. A really good point is that this does not only apply for straight heteronormative relationships, right? Like for, for same, same sex relationship, this applies to, there will be a man or a woman, um, or, you know, uh, beings in the relationship that have this, this essence, right? Like, and there, yes, there are a hundred percent, um, women that have masculine essences and, you're correct in saying that does not mean that that's where you live most of the time, but that is what is going to make you feel yes. the best, right? Yeah. Like when, when you are, and I am speaking from experience, right? It was so difficult for me to acknowledge or accept at the beginning, you know, that when a man took care of like 
planning our dates and like, you know, telling me where to go and, you know, picking me up and like sort of like sweeping me off my feet, right? That I love that, but I love, I, it was amazing. You know, it felt super delicious and, you know, I felt sexy and wanted and, and he felt useful, you know, which is then, but it was so difficult for me to accept that, you know, because I am supposed to be this, you know, independent, I don't need anybody woman, you know, which I am, I don't need anybody, but I choose somebody, right? So, and, you know, men really, what they want, right? Like I, I used to be offended when a man opened the door for me, you know, like, oh, he's like undermining my abilities, you know? Now I know that that is not the They just want to, you know, like serve us, right? They just yes. want to serve, yeah. right? So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's a paradigm change, right? Um, so this is why it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, deep work, uh, interesting work and uh, challenging work too, but yeah, so the- worth it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, first of all, I wanted to say I appreciate how authentically you share of your own life experience and kind of the how you've grown throughout that. You know, I've heard people say that same line of thinking that, you know, if if someone holds the door for that or does something that might be considered stereotypically like gentlemanly, something like that, right? Um, that something about that is bad. And I, for me, it's like if I, when I hold the door for a woman, it's not because I think she's not capable of opening a door. <laughs> it's yeah, because exactly. it, it, it's yeah. a form of devotion to the feminine. It's a form exactly. of wanting to serve, like you, you said. Know, and now you mentioned the word devotion, right? Like I, I remember, and I'm going to continue to share authentically from my experience. You know, I remember when I was telling a friend once, it's like, um, I'm single now. So I remember telling my friend, oh, I can't wait, you know, to be in a relationship, but to cook for him, you know, and to like massage his feet when he gets home. And she was like, what? <laughs> you know, and from people like from outside, right? Like in polarity, um, there's, there's um, from David Data, which is one of my favorite teachers in polarity. He talks about first stage first stage relationships, second stage relationships, and third stage relationships. So the first stage relationship is based on manipulation, right? Like what um, can I get from you, you know, and I give you so that you give me. So for example, in, this is very clear in, in the relationships where the woman um, withholds or manipulates with sex, and then the man withholds or manipulates with money, right? Like to get what, those are like the cliche the stereotypes of like the man being the provider and the woman being the homemaker or whatever right then you have the second stage where it's really 50 50 you know it's all about equality and like sharing the chores at home and you know 50 50 bills and all of these things you know which can be great and like i said you can't get to third stage before going through second stage mm-hmm. and first stage, right like so it's that it's a developmental process and then you know the the man gives the woman space and you know and the woman gives the man space you know and and it can work you know and it can be i i was um in a in a very successful second stage relationship you know and i needed that i needed to be in that relationship to really realize this is great and i want more right so then there's the third stage relationship where the woman is really the receptor, you know, the, the receiving. And for us modern women, it's very difficult to receive, you know, from money to compliments, right? Like we receive a compliment and either we get angry because they think we're being object, we think we're being objectified or, or sexualized, 
or we make excuses because we're you know we feel shy and we don't really know how to say thank you and then shut our mouths right yeah again speaking from experience there too but then in in the third stage you have you know this devotion you know to your partner so from the masculine perspective you know it's this devotion to provide to serve, to lead, right? Like to direct, to lead the way. And then from the feminine partner, it's this devotion to surrender, right? Like to surrender to the masculine. And the here where it's here is where it gets tricky from the outside for people that don't know the first stage and the third stage look the same, right? Because a woman in the first stage relationship, you know, will cook and clean and massage, you know, and all of these things and take care of the house and make it beautiful with the intention of, you know, manipulating, right? Like of getting what she needs, of getting what, you know, they need, etc. And then they will withhold that if they're not getting their needs met. But from the third stage, you know, the it looks the same, right? Like you clean and you cook and you massage his feet and all of these things and you make the house beautiful. But it's um, it's because it's love, right? Like it's devotion, it's this surrender to your partner. And um, but but from the outside, it looks exactly the same. What it change? What changes is the intention with what you with um, what you do, the action that you do. Right? And if I and if I can add something to that for everyone listening. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to speak for you. In that example you just shared, that would be a woman, let's say, who's grounded in her feminine essence at her core. But that same woman, for everyone listening, obviously she has a masculine side and when needed, she can bring that out and she can just kick ass. <laughs> she can get a lot I of mean, amazing We results. don't even have to go out and kick ass. Right? <laughs> like in order for the woman to actually make a plan to cook and clean and, and you know, make the house beautiful, she needs to activate her masculine essence, yeah. you know, her masculine energy. And like I said, you know, I, I work, a, you know me, you know, I work a lot. I love what I do. Like I'm a kick ass in business, but you would never recognize that um, when I am, let's say, in the context of a romantic relationship or even a friendship, you know, with a masculine, with a masculine being, right? And that is why this work needs to, you know, be spread far and wide, especially for women, because we also, you know, going back to this, to the faces of the feminine. We can be both, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, you know, and everything in between also belongs to the feminine, right? Like everything in between belongs to the feminine. We have access to all of it, all of it, right? So the sooner we accept that and we own it, we're proud of the fact that we can be, you know, and this is also to not get super off topic, you know, this dilemma of the Madonna and the whore, right? Which either you're wife material or your mistress material right like and then we get into the field of sexuality and sacred sexuality and all these things that you can be the madonna and the mom of your of you know children and also you know love sex and feel super sensual and be into all sorts of stuff right but we we women judge other women for that right because we we are we haven't accepted it within ourselves, right? Like, so if you have a woman that is 
like super into her feminine right like and and owns everything that she is like not only i'm not only talking about like sensual energy but everything right like the laughter and the play and or her ambition even right like and if you have women that are not um embodied themselves or have done that work then it becomes a competition right and you know that i started with with a friend and partner that she's going to be listening to this 100 so love you as she knows who she is um we started this collective called the dakini collective a women a women's collective here in colombia precisely not because we were like better than other women it's because we also wanted to practice healing this wound you know of having this need to compete with other women you know to say oh if i shine she can't shine right all of that is this mother archetype again by like knowing that i mean it sounds like a cliche because everybody talks about this you know but women when women come together to elevate each other what is created is magic you know because we come again from this place of service to the whole right it's like you see um, we approach things from a collaborative or collaboration angle versus competition you know it's it's i say i love the metaphor of power versus force right like feminine energy in action is really owning the power without forcing anything you know like you yes you're you're making things happen but rather than you know forcing them you're allowing them to happen and you led you know, the masculine essence within you or outside of you lead the way, right? And um, just to say something here, so many women will say, oh, but then how will I make decisions, right? Like, and again, first we have a marriage of, you know, masculine and, and feminine energy within, but the feminine decisions, you know, are not really made from here, right? Like with pros and cons, you know, analysis and spreadsheets, like they're made from the body, right? Like we feel the yeses, we feel the no's, you know, and, and men do this too. You know, it's, it's intuition. We have access to both, both sexes have access to this. Um, we feel, we feel, you know, right? Like you, it's like this deep knowing that, that comes and this has to be cultivated too, because it's sort of, um, educated out of us, right? When something as simple as, mom, I'm not hungry, finish your meal, right? Or mom, I'm cold. Oh no, it's not that cold, right? So so they teach us like from a very small age. And again, it's not intentional, right? Like parents are doing the best that they can, but they teach us that what we feel and you know how we're seeing the world is somehow not true. So we start to not trust Am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Am I bored? Um, do I feel safe? Right? All of that gets educated out of us. Yeah. So we have to remember. We don't have to learn. We have to unlearn a lot of things and then remember. Yeah, I love that. And just this question that comes on, come to my mind for people, everyone listening, to consistently check in with themselves. What is my body trying to tell me? What's my body trying to teach me? What's What's going on right now that I'm feeling? But as we, I want to be respectful of your time as well as everyone is listening, as we begin to wrap up, for the men listening, in your experience, in your own life, as well as with maybe friends of yours that have spoken to you, what do men typically not get or understand that if we did would really help the women in our life? 
It's a great question. So, like I said, to use it to use the metaphor of the container, right? Um, sometimes we will act out of fear, right? Like because we don't feel safe with. Ooh, I know the answer to this now. It just came mm -hmm. to me. Perfect. So there is um, many men, right? Especially in this um, very sensitive culture that we're living in now, you know, that will hide their truth to appease the feminine or the woman, right? Uh, mm. What I ask of men is please never, never, never compromise your truth because you think that is what's going to help the relationship whether it be romantic or a work relationship or you know a mother son relationship or just a friend relationship because what the feminine needs is to know that you are going to stay in integrity with with your truth regardless of what she wants and that is what is going to make her trust you completely does that make sense Mm -hmm. it does yeah so that is something that and again you know this may mean that the relationship does not work right but if you don't honor your truth you know what your truth is as a masculine being what your direction is you know what where you want to go then the whole relationship will, will be built on a false premise and then it will not work anyway, right? Because, and this is something that can be really put in words, but it can be felt, you know, like what a woman needs the most or what a feminine um, essence being needs the most from the masculine partner is to be able to feel safe, you know? And how can you feel safe with somebody that does not honor their truth, right? So even if that means that, the, the truth of both people are not compatible, right? That is what the relationship needs because then the feminine gets to decide whether she stays or she goes. Yeah, the visual that comes to mind, I share it with clients sometimes, this idea of the lighthouse and the ocean. And that in, the, in my metaphor, at least, the lighthouse is the masculine and the ocean is the feminine. And the lighthouse, using what you just said, if it stands, if it stands firm in its truth, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. Like, this is what I believe in, let's say. And then the ocean comes and there are times where the ocean's calm and gentle, like you said earlier. And there's times where it's a tsunami and the waves are hundred feet high, you know? And when the waves hit the lighthouse, if the lighthouse just falls over, the lighthouse, let's say in this metaphor, isn't strong. It can't withstand that initial hit. It can't withstand the initial, hey, why do you believe that? Or can we, just, can we do this instead? And it's almost like a test of how grounded in your values are you? How grounded, like, can I sway you in a way where if I could, then I know I really can't trust that. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. One thing that I do want to say is that it's very important not to infantilize the feminine emotions, right? Like, because when people, when people say, oh, you know, the ocean is, tsunami etc right then people associate it with like oh you know the the historical um feminine you know it's nothing like i mean that is the immature feminine but the the, the mature feminine will also have rage and anger right because um it will be in the service of the whole right mm -hmm. so in the context of relationships right like the feminine will 
will challenge you and demand from you the best and your integrity for the service of the relationship, not for the service of her, right? Like not from what I need, but from the whole, um, but from what, from the whole needs, like what the whole needs for you to be able to do what you want to do in the world too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, especially I'd imagine, you know, if there's children present, if you have a family in this situation, you know, just, I, I can't speak from experience in this, but let's say it's like the feminine nature would say, can we count on you to be who you need to be for our family? And, you know, and it's like, like you said, it's the feminine essence is wanting the best for the whole. And there's like, it could be, a, it could be expressed as a loving challenge, let's say, to rise up, to be the best version of you that you can be. Yeah. And to close, because I know, I know, um, I could speak about this for hours, but there's another, another really important difference that helps understand um, the polarity and sort of like create empathy between, between what we need, which is different. So for a man or for a masculine essence being, the priority is freedom, right? Like, so if a man, you know, and this doesn't mean that he doesn't want commitment, you know, actually what a, what a conscious man wants the most is to commit. Mm -hmm. like that is what they want the most. Um, but if they don't feel free to be themselves in the relationship, then they're not going to commit, right? This is what I, this is why I said, always honor your truth, because that is what's going to help the feminine the most. And then the female or the feminine rather, um, essence being their priority is going to be connection, right? Like, so the feminine essence being will take a lot of shit to not break the connection because that is the priority. You know, that's why people, some people don't understand why she's staying or why are they staying in that relationship? You know, if it's clearly not um, working, right? Because our priority is the connection. So if you take a person whose number one priority is freedom, and then you take another person whose number one priority is connection and they're not aware of it, it's not gonna work, right? Yeah. But if you realize that, okay, this person needs freedom the most, you know, and they can be free within a relationship, you know, this is what I mean with the emasculation and, you know, the judging and the critiquing and all of this, which is the immature feminine, you know, that is not the way to get the man to commit or the, the, the masculine essence being to commit. And then um, we also don't need, you know, and I speak here from personal experience, we don't want, you know, like, um, the man that prioritizes the relationship above all, you know, and it's, this sounds, I know this sounds like controversial, but actually when a man puts his purpose and his direction before the relationship, that is what make that, that is what will make the relationship really blossom into what it can be, right? Because then the, fe the feminine um, essence partner, you know, that is the priority for them. Does yeah. Yeah. And like you said, uh, <laughs> there's hours of responses that we could go back and forth. I'll pause there. You've shared so much incredible, you know, wisdom and advice with everyone listening, myself included. And, you know, the foundation of this podcast is to help people create an extraordinary life without regret. In your experience, what advice would you give to help someone do that? To live a life without regret. Mm. 
from this lens really is to come home to yourself, right? Like and honor your truth and really reconnect with what you truly need without filtering it through, oh, what do I think society needs from me? Or what do I think this person needs from me? That is really what's going to help live a life without regret because it doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes, right? But then you'll have this sense of ease that, you know, the decision was yours and um, you can take responsibility or credit for whatever happens. And really sort of like, like you said, at some point during the conversation, this is not something that you decide and it's done, right? Like you are an ever-changing being. So you have to ask yourself the question in every moment, right? Like, who do I want to be? Like, what do I want to do, right? And then that will, those the sum of those moments will add to a life without regret. Amazing answer. Is there anything you're working on now that you're excited about? Uh, yes, but I don't think it's super relevant for your community, but I will share anyway. So I am going to launch a, a brand that is called, um, well, I'm in Colombia. I didn't say that at the beginning, but I'm in Colombia and my native language is Spanish, in case you didn't notice, uh, with my accent. Um, so I am launching a brand, a community called Cuestión de Hormonas, which is basically translated, translates to a matter of hormones, which, you know, you can imagine has everything to do with the hormonal landscape of women, you know, and what women need to thrive in this life, you know, from a physiological perspective, from an emotional perspective, and from a, um, a spiritual and mental perspective too. That's fantastic. And so for anyone listening who's interested in that, interested in connecting with you further, what's the best way to reach you? So there's my website, which you already have. And my I'm super active on Instagram too. And the, can you put the user in the, in the show notes? Because it's yeah. at underscore, underscore, Natalia Lara, my name, and then underscore, underscore. But if people type Natalia Lara, I will, I will come up. Yeah, I'm going to have everything in the show notes, but definitely. And what's the website? Just so people can hear it as well. And natalialara.co. Perfect. 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 For everyone listening, if you enjoyed our conversation, I encourage you to please leave a review. It helps a lot, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or anywhere that you're listening and subscribe. So as new episodes come out, you get notified. Natalia, again, thank you so, so much for taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure. I mean, we would stay here for a couple more hours if you want. (laughs) And is there anything that you'd like to say before we wrap up and close for today? No, just, you know, that this was no. And then I go, ahead and talk so yes (laughs) um just that um this was a perfect example of what it is to allow the conversation to flow let's say and I came here with you know my feminine energy um alive because I didn't plan anything I was gonna say I probably won't remember anything of what I said if you were to ask me so what would I don't remember so that is basically how I I do these conversations because I trust you know, my inner masculine and the outer masculine to lead me, you know, and to say what the moment needs the most. Mm. Awesome. 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 You know, I mentioned this at the beginning of the conversation, but for everyone listening, my life's work is to help leaders, champions, and high performers to experience more happiness, peace, and fulfillment as they create an extraordinary life without regret. 
if there's anything I can do to support you further, whether it be a one-on-one -on -one conversation, or maybe there's some content of mine that can support you, other podcasts, videos, you can find that at my website, jamilsayage.com. And on Instagram, it's at Dr. Jamil Syage, D-R, and then my name. Facebook and LinkedIn is just Jamil Syage. I'll have the link, the shows, the, wait, the links in the show notes. There we go. After all the uh, Natalia stuff as well. So thank you again so much for being with us. Thank you for everyone's time and energy, attention. It's your most valuable assets and you being with us today. I don't, I don't take that lightly. And I know Natalia doesn't as well. So thank you again so much. You know, most people's favorite day to change their life is tomorrow. And I find that's why they stay stuck. And the title of this podcast is Transformation Starts Today. You can be different. Listen to this conversation maybe multiple times. What are those nuggets of wisdom you can pull from to begin transforming your own life and taking new actions to create the life that you want? Get clear on that. Ask yourself a fun question. What would future me thank me for? Get really clear on that. Act on that and watch your life change before your very eyes. Thank you again so much and create a beautiful day. And again, I mean, just to piggyback on what you just said, you know, if, if any woman or man has a question, you know, about what I said, then they can reach out to me on Instagram. I usually do also like ask me anything, you know, 10 to 15 minute um, calls, you know, if they wanted to chat, then I'm open to that too. I can give you the link for them to schedule that. Yeah. I'll have that in the show notes too. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being with us today. If this conversation served you, it would mean a lot if you left a review and shared this with anyone who may benefit. An extraordinary life without regret is available to you now. Choose it. It's your time.